This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Hey, New Life, it's good to be together again on this day. And what a beautiful song that we got to just hear and listen and sing to in our own spaces. But that, that prayer in that song, God, I look to you. Give me, give me wisdom to see things how you see them. What a gift when God can show us life from his perspective and invites us into it. And I mean, that, there's so much of this concept of what we've been talking about in the series, Ride the Wind, where, where we're learning how God wants to move us forward in life, move us more deeply into this life he's come to give us. And he invites us to partner with him in that. And, and we've looked at some different ways that God does that, the way God works in our lives, his spirit at work in us. And we get to partner with him in our ongoing growth and and I love that. I love that there's a life that God has for us. There's a good life that he wants to move us into deeper and deeper as we follow him. And, and I love that Jesus comes into our story to lead us into that life. That, that Jesus actually invites us to build our lives on him so we can experience the life that he has for us. And let me tell you, what you build your life on matters. So when I was a kid, my family, we were going camping out at the beach. And so we packed up the car, got out to the beach, got to the campground. And, and my dad decided, hey, instead of putting the tent up, there, there's this nice patch of dirt right here. Let's just set up a tarp and we'll just sleep out as a family under the stars. It'll be a great experience. And so we're like, all right, let's do this. And so we threw our tarp out, threw our sleeping bags on the tarp and go to sleep for the nights. And I remember laying there somewhere in the middle of the night, just kind of waking up and, yes, looking at the stars, spectacular night sky, and just taking in the beauty of the moments. And my older brother, Jared, was sleeping right next to me. And all of a sudden, I just see him sit up. And I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe he's looking at the stars too. And, and maybe this is just going to be this beautiful bonding moment between my older brother and I. And, and then I can just kind of see his silhouette against the starry night sky. And he, he kind of turns and looks in my direction. And... And then suddenly I hear this intense sound come out of him, this deep gurgling, like, and my brother threw up on my face in the middle of the night in this campground. And, and I remember just getting hit with this, this warm, wet yuck and just screaming, and I just said, like, Mom, Jared threw up on my face. And I'm like trying not to get it in my, it was horrible, horrible. And, but it was in the middle of the night and we were so too far away from the bathroom. So God bless my parents. They grab a towel and they wipe me down and then say, we'll deal with it in the morning. And so I had to fall asleep with the wet puke on my head. Okay, remember what I said, what you build your life on matters? So that nice dirt mound that my dad found for us to sleep on that night, we didn't realize it at the time, but it was an ant hill. And so I wake up in the morning with ants swarming all over my head and in my hair and crawling on me. And again, I scream and we got, it. We got me to the showers and got it dealt with. But oh my gosh, what you build your life on matters. I see, Jesus understood this, which is why he invites us to build our lives on him. He invites us to build our lives on him by listening to him when he talks to us about life. That, that one of the ways we move more deeply into 
the life God has for us is by listening to Jesus when he talks to us about life. Listen to what Jesus says about himself and his teaching and the importance of grabbing hold of it. As he's wrapping up a very famous teaching in, in one of the accounts of his life, Matthew records these words that Jesus taught. Matthew chapter 7, this is what Jesus says. He says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. And though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. And Jesus is saying, look, if, if you hold on to what I tell you about life, if you follow me, you're building your life on a solid foundation. But then he contrasts that with somebody that would just kind of ignore what he has to say. He says, but if anyone hears my teaching and doesn't obey it, they're foolish. Like, like a person who builds a house on sand. And when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with the mighty crash. And so Jesus is contrasting two people who would respond to what he has to say. One who leans in and says, tell me more. I want to follow you and grab onto what you're saying about life. And one that says, eh, not for me. And, and yet what's interesting for either person, notice that Jesus doesn't say if the storms come. He says when the storms of life come. He says when because the reality is we live in a broken world, a world that doesn't operate the way God originally intended when he created us in this world in the first place. And the reason our world is broken is because of this thing called sin. Sin is this, this brokenness that we get wrapped up in whenever we choose to do life our way instead of trusting life God's way. It's that beginning story we have in our Bibles where our first parents didn't trust God and did the thing he asked them not to do. And and in that moment, something broke fundamentally in us as a human race. Something broke in our relationships with one another. Something broke in our relationship with God. We broke the world. And as a result, there's brokenness in life. And yet our hope is that God, God didn't abandon us in our brokenness. God actually promised to help us, promised to give us rescue. And and so when Jesus shows up on the scene, he's the, the fulfillment of God's promise of rescue. Jesus came to rescue us out of brokenness and lead us back into life with him and with God once again. And, and so Jesus invites us to build our lives on him so that come what may in life, whatever the storms may be as we still walk in a broken world, we're with the one who will see us through it all. This is why Jesus says, hey, in this world, you're going to have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. You're with me now. And so we can build our lives on him by, by listening to him when he talks to us about life, trusting that he knows what he's talking about, that the things he's calling us to and, and leading us into are always ever for our good because he wants to lead us out of brokenness into life. And so when Jesus teaches us and speaks to us, we can raise our sails and let him lead us more fully into this good life he has for us. Or not. We can choose to not respond. We can choose to not listen to him. See, because Jesus invites us. He doesn't force us. He doesn't coerce us. He comes to us and says, hey, follow me. I've got life for you. And we get to choose if we're going to respond or not. And we see that with the crowds. They, they had a, a response to Jesus and his teaching in this moment. In Matthew 7, as Jesus wraps up this teaching, this is what we see. It says that when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he taught with real authority, 
quite unlike the teachers of religious law. And so the crowds were amazed because Jesus wasn't quoting other sources for the things he was teaching. He, he was basically speaking as if he had the authority to say these things and he knew what he was talking about. And they're like, this is, this is totally different than how the other guys talk, Jesus. What, what are you saying? Who are you to say these things? And, and some people responded to him and began to build their lives on him and watched as he transformed their life. But others didn't. Others, though they were amazed, just walked away and continued life as normal. And we can do that. I mean, have you ever been amazed by something, but it didn't actually change your life? Or, or rather, you didn't change your life in light of this thing that was so amazing? I remember years ago, getting sucked into an infomercial for a home gym. And the selling point was Chuck Norris. And I'm like, yes, please. I want to be like Chuck Norris. I want to have that life. And so I signed up to buy the total gym, five easy payments. But if you call now, only four, the whole deal. And I remember this thing got shipped to my house and I was so excited. I spent hours putting it together and set it up in my living room. And and for a couple of days, I was going strong on the total gym. But then you kind of fold it up and put it on the side. And and after a while, the gym just kind of sat in the corner of my room and then eventually got slid under a bed. and, And it didn't change my life because I didn't actually change my life in response to this thing. So how do we not make that same mistake with Jesus? I mean, how do we do more than simply be amazed by him and actually begin to build our lives on him? Let him transform us and change us because Jesus understood that what he came to teach us would transform our lives, that he would change our lives forever if we would listen and let him work in our lives and follow him, which is why he invites us to listen and follow. Listen to what Jesus says to a group of people that were buying in, but he was really wanting to make sure they understood. It's more than just being amazed. It's more than just being a fan. It's really about following. In John 8, Jesus says these words. We're told that Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. See, Jesus is saying this because he had a lot of people gathered around him at this point in his life who were his fans. But Jesus wanted them to be more than just fans. He wanted to invite them to follow him so he could lead them into life. He was inviting them to follow him, not just simply be his fans. Because there's a world of difference between being a fan of Jesus and actually following him. So because fans fans like Jesus, they think he's pretty cool. He's maybe like a life coach or a spiritual guru of sorts for them. but, But a fan will not always follow Jesus if they don't like Jesus. So if Jesus begins to talk about something that's, difficult to understand or just we just don't like a a fan is like thank you jesus i'm fine you go your way i go my way but but a follower is very different a a follower is somebody yes does like jesus but more than simply liking jesus they listen to him when jesus talks about life whether they fully get it understand it or always like it a follower goes where Jesus goes because they ultimately trust Jesus. They trust that what he's talking about is life. What he's talking about is the path into something good. 
that when Jesus calls us to things, even if they're challenging or difficult, it's always ever for our good. And so how, how can we tell if we're simply being a fan of Jesus or if we're actually following him, if we're actually building our lives on him so that we can experience the life he's come to give us? Well, let me ask you a question. Think about this in your life as I ask this question. What, what happens when you come to the crossroads with Jesus? What, what I mean is you come to a point in your journey of leaning in and listening to Jesus and, and Jesus says, okay, let's go left. There's a fork in the road. There's a choice to be made. Let's go left together. But you want to go right. What do you do? Because those are the moments when we discover if we really trust him, if we really believe that he knows what he's talking about. Those are the moments that we discover if we're really going to follow him, if we're really going to build our life on him by listening to him and letting him lead us in life. And see, we will all come to the crossroads with Jesus at one point or another. We'll come to crossroads with Jesus because Jesus came to rescue us out of the brokenness that we're caught up in in life. So it stands to reason that there will be times where Jesus will actually challenge us in our understanding and thinking of how life works. That he'll call us to things and teach us about things that will challenge our broken ways of doing life or the broken attitudes in in our story and in our heart or the broken choices we make. Because he wants to lead us out of that brokenness into something better. And in those moments, that's where we have to decide, am I going to listen? Am I going to raise my sail and trust you and let you lead me in this? Or am I going to say, no, I'm going to go my way. Jesus will challenge our thinking on a lot of things. Like here's, here's just a simple example. Jesus teaches us often to love other people. Now, I don't think any of us would say, well, that's stupid. I think most of us would be like, wow, yes, of course, that's a good thing. I try to do that in my life. Sometimes I'm really good at it, too. Like, if I like you, it's pretty easy for me to love you. But when Jesus teaches us to love others and calls us to love others, he doesn't say only when it's easy. He doesn't say, hey, love people when it's convenient for you, when they're nice to you, hey, when you like them. No, what Jesus actually says is love others, even when it's hard, even when it may cost you, even when you might not even like them. See, Jesus said this to the people in his day, and I think it applies so much in our culture today as well. He he says, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. So that was just the conventional wisdom of his day. People were like, well, God wants us to love our neighbor, so I do that, but I don't have to love an enemy. I can hate my enemy. They're they're my enemies. That's kind of how our world still operates, our culture today. If if I like you and you're in my group, I'm going to love you. If not, out. And yet what Jesus says is, no, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Like, pray for those who make life difficult for you. Like, love them and desire what's good for them. 
man, that, that's a crossroads moment. Like when, whenever I encounter people in my life who I would consider to be like an enemy because they've hurt me or wronged me or they're making life difficult for me, I suddenly find myself at the crossroads with Jesus. Like, am I going to let him lead me in this area of my life? Am I going to listen to him and, and let, let the challenge he's giving me to love this person lead me into something good? Or am I going to respond in my own way? See, because that idea of loving enemies sounds great if you throw it up on the wall, but applying it in real life moments, that's hard. <laughs> the reason I don't naturally love my enemies is because they're my enemies, right? You know what I mean? I mean, stop and think if we were to take this, this idea of loving our enemies and, and apply it to our context right now, apply it into our current political climate. Whoo, how's that going for you? How's that going for you with the people who are different than you politically right now? How are you doing with loving others, with loving enemies, with the people in your life who you know are voting for the other guy. You know which one I mean. It's the wrong choice, right? That guy. <laughs> and that, that's not a conservative problem or a liberal problem. That's a human problem. And what our culture tells us to do right now is to write that person off. To cancel them because they think differently than us. To to ridicule them and scorn them, bully them, to get online and just bash them. And yet in would walk Jesus into those moments and say, no, no, no. I've got something so much better for you than all of that. And see, when we find ourselves in the face of those moments, we, we're suddenly at the crossroads with Jesus. And see, this is just one area of life that Jesus would want to talk to us about. Jesus has a lot to say to us about all sorts of things in life. Like Jesus wants to talk to us about our relationship with money. He wants to talk to us about who will ultimately be the God in our life. Will it be our love of money that will drive us or will it be a love of God? And will we trust that if we surrender our finances to him, it actually leads us into a good life or not? That Jesus will want to talk to us about our relationships and all the aspects and dynamics of how we do life with other people, from how we treat each other to, to how we act sexually with one another, to how we interact with people that are different than us. Jesus will want to talk to us about all sorts of things in our relationships. And Jesus is going to want to talk to us about the attitudes of our heart. Hey, what's going on with that anger or that bitterness or that unwillingness to forgive another person? And when Jesus begins to teach and even challenge us, it's not always comfortable. Like those can be incredibly uncomfortable moments at the crossroads because Jesus is ultimately challenging our thinking about how we think life works and what is ultimately best for us. Hmm. And even though the crossroads can be an uncomfortable place, there's something really great that happens when we meet Jesus at the crossroads. See, Jesus doesn't bring us to the crossroads because he's trying to control us. Jesus brings us to the crossroads because he's trying to lead us into freedom. 
That's why he said, if you're really my disciple, if you're really my follower, you're going to remain faithful to my teachings. And then you will know the truth, the truth about life and how God intended it to be. And that truth will set you free. Whenever we're at the crossroads with Jesus, it's always ever about him wanting to lead us more fully into freedom, into this life he's come to give us. So think about that with the the whole idea of loving your enemies. I mean, who do you think is experiencing a greater freedom in life? The person that is choosing the path of hatred, who's, who's bound up in their anger and their bitterness towards that other person or group or whatever, or the person who's leaning in and saying, Jesus, help me with this, and they're learning how to love even with difficult people or people they disagree with. And who do you think is experiencing freedom See, whenever we find ourselves at the crossroads with Jesus, it's because he's always wanting to lead us into freedom. So let me me share a couple of thoughts, a couple of thoughts about the crossroads, about what can happen when we find ourselves in that place with Jesus. See, it's, it's at the crossroads we get to ask for the help Jesus promised us. See, I love this about Jesus. He invites us to follow him and sometimes calls us to things that are really challenging to how we are in the brokenness that we find ourselves in. And yet Jesus doesn't abandon us or say, figure it out. He promised to give us his spirit, that his spirit would come and work in our lives to empower us for the things he has for us, to live this new life he's leading us into. And see, it's at the crossroads that we get to ask for that help that we get to lift our sails and say, help me embrace this, help me pursue this, help me live this life you have for me. I want to lean into you. I want to I know the good you have for me, so help me, Jesus. I love what Paul, one of the early Christian leaders, writes about this idea of God at work helping us. In Philippians 2, 13, he says this. He says, God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. I mean, how awesome is that? When I find myself at the crossroads and I'm like, I don't know, this is hard, or I don't know if I want this, or it's difficult. If I lean in and ask for the help that was promised, God will show up in my life. He'll give me the desire. He'll change my heart. And he'll give me the power. He'll give me the ability to do it. I can love my enemies because God is at work in my story if I will let him work in me. And so when you find yourself at the crossroads, here's a great way to pray. Oh, God, would you change my heart about this? Would you work within me and and tune my heart so my heart beats in rhythm with yours? Would you begin to transform me from the inside out so I can pursue the life you have for me? And, And would you give me the ability to do it? Because on my own, I don't know if I can, but if you're at work in my story, then with you, we can do anything. So would you give me the ability to embrace the things you're calling me to so I can experience more of the freedom you have for me? And I've seen God do this in my life time and time again when the brokenness within me was at odds with the path he wanted me to take. I've seen him show up and change my heart and give me the ability to do things that I thought were beyond me. When I was in my young 20s and 
still working my way through school. I was interning at this church in Southern California that I'd grown up in as a teenager. And man, I, I loved working in this church. It's where I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life. And, and so I'd been interning while going through school and training to become a pastor. And my good friend, who was the junior high pastor at the church, was moving down to San Diego. And so he said, Joe, I want you to take my job after I move. And and I was like flattered, like, hey, this is my chance to step into like a real pastor kind of job for the first time. And, and he worked with junior high students. At that point in my life, I was working with high school students and so enjoying it. And, and I just didn't feel like it was the right move for me. I didn't feel like I was even ready to tackle this next thing, that I needed to finish my, my education and training. And I wanted to keep focusing on older teenagers, not, not the middle-aged ones, because they're a whole different kind of animal. And, and so I just like said, hey, I don't think it's for me, but thank you. And, and so then my best friend and roommate at the time, who was also being in training for ministry, he applied for that job and he got the job. And, and I was excited for him until the day I walked into the office and I saw his name on the door. And something in me went wonky. I don't know how else to describe it, but there was this this weird moment in my heart. It's almost like I could feel something in me go, oh no. And this jealousy began to grow towards my best friend for a job I didn't even want. And, and I remember there was a couple of days of just almost being angry with him over this. And, and like thinking like, hey, we're roommates. I, I could go in and just kind of put a pillow on his face and just see what, like, I mean, dark thoughts were coming into my head in this moment. And, and I remember God just kind of saying, hey, Hey, Joel, hey, Joel, don't let this own you. Hey, Joel, you, you got an opportunity. So I, I talked with another friend about what was going on. And, and my friend's advice was, why, why don't you pray for Mike? And why don't you choose to celebrate Mike and, and see what God will do if God will change your heart and all that. And, and it was amazing as I began to pray and, and ask God to change my heart, as I began to encourage and celebrate my friend in his new job, something in me shifted. God began to work. He transformed my heart changed me from the inside out and and it was a genuine transformation and that jealousy was gone and I was suddenly like yeah I didn't want that job in the first place I love what I'm doing right now and, and see God is so good to do that God is so good to work in our stories his spirit at work transforming us when we meet Jesus at the crossroads that's when we get to ask for the help that Jesus promised us and we get to see him grow us more deeply into the life he has for us Here's something else to know about the crossroads. It is never too late to meet Jesus at the crossroads. And I don't know the story of everyone who's tuning in or, or getting a chance to experience how we're doing church right now. There's such a distance between us and so much because of the COVID reality and teaching through video. But maybe you've been checking out the teachings online, leaning in on the Sunday mornings and and you've just been wondering if Jesus can do something for you. And maybe you're finding yourself kind of at a crossroads because Jesus is calling you into life and, and you don't know. And here's what I want to tell you. He's inviting you to build your life on him so he can lead you into all that he has for you. And it's never too late to meet him at the crossroads. Today, you can reach out to him. Today, you can pray, which is just thinking your thoughts with him and and say, Jesus, would you come into my life? Would you come into my story? I give my life to you. Would you begin to lead me so I can follow you into freedom and into life? Help me to build my life on you. 
And man, if you want to experience that, then I want to encourage you to ask him to show up in your story and in your life and pray right where you're at. Pray today, ask him to move and, and watch what begins to happen as he changes your life. And maybe you would say, like, I've done that. I've been following Jesus for years now. But maybe for you, if you were to describe what's your experience of following Jesus like right now, maybe it's kind of gotten dull or grown cold. And maybe part of the reason why is once upon a time you were at the crossroads with Jesus. He was talking to you about something in life. And, and he said, hey, let's go left. And, and you said, no, thank you. You said, no, no, not, not on this one, Jesus. Maybe you didn't walk away, but maybe you just stayed when he wanted to move on. And some way that moment caused distance. Friend, it is never too late to meet Jesus at the crossroads. He's waiting for you to turn to him. No matter how long it's been, no matter what choices have been made, Nothing is beyond his ability to lead you into life because there's freedom he has for you. And so if that's part of what's going on with your story today, I just want to encourage you, turn to him right now and say, Jesus, help me to come to you with this place that I know you've been working on in my life. And help me to follow you because I want to build my life on you. And if we ask him to move and work in our story, he's so good to do it. And so friends, there's a life he has for us. And as we raise the sail and ask him to move in our story, we will begin to build our life on him as we follow him into the life he has for us, the freedom he's offering us. And so let me pray for us today. Oh, Jesus, we want to say thank you for being good to us. And we want to say, help us. Help us to follow you. Help us to hear what you have to say to us about life. Help us in those times where maybe it's a difficult thing to embrace or we don't always like it, to know that we can still trust you in it because what you want is always for our good. You have freedom for us in our lives. May we follow you into it so we can experience the life you came to give us. Amen. Hey, let's continue with our time together as we go into the song. And maybe this song can be a, a, a prayer that you sing out loud where you're at or a chance to celebrate what God's doing in your life today. But know that He is with you and He is for you. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.